0: Meanwhile in the pot cave
1: back to another edition of the Podman. i'm brad
2: i'm brian
0: i'm Podman ron
1: and we've been uh we've been missing for a few weeks we know that our our listener has been wondering where we are and, and brian you actually said we have a little bit of feedback uh probably because absence make the heart grow fonder uh but before we get into that feedback uh, brian give us a download of megacon because that seems to I think ah. I think in, before we do anything, let's talk about the news of MegaCon. So so so, I, uh, so what is MegaCon? First
2: of all, MegaCon is the Orlando Comic Convention. It's gotten huge. I would argue it's probably the biggest uh, convention in the southeast. Specifically, comic book and like celebrity, celebrity related. Uh, Dragon Con has gotten this whole niche of of like the weird kind of cosplay and furries and filking and yeah. (sighs) The crowd at Mega Con smells much better.
1: Oh, that's good.
2: Than the Dragon Con crowd, so. Uh, you're pretty certain everyone bathed before the show and continued to bathe during the show as the weekend. Normally
0: went on. I would, I would just say Brian's Brian's been an Orlando snob, but I, no, I, I agree with him. <laughs> it's, uh, okay. it's a much better convention,
2: crowd, everything. So at the convention we had tremendous guests. <laughs> we got to, uh, we got to meet and get a photo with David Tennant. You know, the Tenth Doctor, his new show coming out uh, this weekend, uh, uh, um, Good Omens, which I read the book. It's very good. It's it's a it's a limited series, but it's uh, very funny. Uh, what's, what's, a, what's a what's a one
1: uh, line synopsis of it? What's it about?
2: It's uh, the Antichrist is born, and he's kind of an idiot.
1: Okay, good enough.
2: So, All right, there you go. Uh, so, and that comes out this weekend. It's very. Um, uh, Douglas Adams-esque. Very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I who wrote I the, way the book is. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry uh, Terry Pratchett. All
3: right. That's very uh.
2: You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. So, uh, but yeah, I got to meet David Tennant. got to meet Zachary Levi, the Shazam, the uh, Captain Marvel actor. My Captain Marvel. Uh, and uh, Doc Brown and... Uh, Marty McFly, we got to meet, uh, they had almost the entire cast of, with the exception of Crispin Glover, they had the entire cast at Megacon, Wow, which was kind of nuts. Now, were 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 you allowed to
1: look at any of them in the eye? Who was the friendliest?
2: Uh, (laughs) They were both friendly, except because we saw, you know, we could have had the whole cast photo, but we just did the Marty and, and Doc
1: does that mean the rest of everybody was kind of, like, standing off to the side while y'all were getting your picture taken? Like, No, uh, you could have. Take a
0: break.
2: <laughs> they scheduled different events. Oh. So they had, like, the full cast, and the full cast was uh, Tom Wilson, uh, the principal, I forget his name, James Tolan, uh, <laughs> Leah Thompson, uh, and then Marty and Doc, uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, Christopher Lloyd. So we just did.
0: Did you shake bodies with Uncle Jack mean, oh, shake hands. Damn.
1: He was ready to go. God damn you. He was ready to go with that handshake.
2: That is so cold. Oh, but they're both in, like, really, like, they're just in not great health. So, like, they're, they're, to be there. they're dying. When we walked in, you know, like, we, we went to the panel with, with everybody, and, you know, they'd ask a question, and Tom Wilson was the captivating oh, one. Thing. Can I say one
0: thing to the listeners out there? Michael J. Fox makes fun of his own
2: disease, so it's okay. No, it's, yeah, it's, not okay. A, it's okay for him. He's paid the dues. Like, you have not. <laughs> okay, good boy. Scratch all that. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so in the panel, it was funny. Like, you know, people were asking questions and stuff. And uh, um, they would go through, and Tom Wilson would would give, like, it, it was basically he had to run the whole panel himself because. They'd ask it and, uh, Leah Thompson couldn't remember anything. She tried to answer stuff. She
1: was high uh, the entire time they were filming, probably.
2: Uh, Doc would be like, you know, the essential kind of William Shatner answer, but not like the, you know, kind of asshole William Shatner answer. It was kind of like, you know, well, I, you know, my agent called and sounded like a good role and, you know, they were going to pay me, so I took it. Like, you know, but they're asking him, like, you know, science questions and stuff like that. And he's just like, uh, I don't, like, I'm an actor. So, like, he was trying to answer the questions. He was trying to play along, but whatever. So then, um, and then Michael J. Fox would talk and would try to answer questions. And the coolest thing that he said was he's like, look, I'm here to, it's only his second con he's ever done. And he was basically like, I'm here to, like, thank you guys. You know, I'm here to thank you guys. I'm here for the con to, to, you know, thank you for all the appreciation and basically my career and, you know, all the love that you've given this movie and and everything. And, and he said, you know, the money's not bad either. But I'm sure a lot of what he did is going to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. They had a big presence. Or his pocket. But, um, or his pocket. So, um, but uh, what was sad was he – it was hard hearing him because they had him mic'd because he couldn't hold the microphone. And so he even said, uh, he made a joke about, you know, they would give me a mic, but I just keep hitting myself in the head with it. So, yeah, like that.
1: He, he seems in good spirits. He can joke about he it. He
2: seems, yeah. But, uh, so you couldn't hear him great. When we went to go see them, um, like we lined up because you got four people in the photo. Uh, Jacob and one of the twins, Stepped on Marty's side, uh, you know, Michael T. Fox side, and I went to the Christopher Lloyd side with the other twin. And, um, it, like, so I didn't get talking at all. And so we walked out and I was like, Jacob, did he say anything? And he goes, yeah, I told him it was, you know, my, my favorite movie of all time. And he said, thank you. And that my butt's falling asleep.
1: <laughs> so, like, oh. that's, that was the interaction. <laughs> it's going to be a memory he's take with him forever. <laughs>
2: that was the interaction Jacob had with his childhood hero. Thank you for loving my movie. My ass is asleep. Uh,
1: but my cock is so. hard, little
3: kid. How about
1: that? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no,
2: no. No, none of that? Just saying, you weren't there, so you don't know. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, DC had a presence. DC, Marvel didn't. DC had uh, their booth set up, um, and they were actually taking uh, – they were doing uh, portfolio reviews on on site right there so like you like they would have different art like different creators different like uh editors and stuff sitting there doing portfolio reviews live at their booth wow. which was really pretty cool um they had a lot of the uh <laughs> popular the, the most popular dc or the or the you know the the hot dc creators there tom king was there um he's the writer of batman and, and mr miracle which is an excellent book the, that Maxi series from uh, last year. Uh, Mitch Gerard, who was the artist on Mr. Miracle, was there. Uh, yeah, Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor's the one that did Injustice for most of that run. Um And, you know, Injustice, it was basically, you know, the comic book movie. But it was – and I said this to him, and he kind of confirmed it. I was like, you know, that was where I got my, you know, old DC universe, like – um Uh, got that, that thirst quenched when we we were having to sit through and kind of struggle through all the new 52 stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's the exact, he goes, that's what I wasn't, that was what I was told to write. I was told to write the video game. He goes, but what I did was I just basically continued on the old DC universe and wrote it in Injustice and Injustice 2. So there's like 120 issues of Injustice and Injustice 2 that he wrote or, or, you know, or kind of oversaw. It's like the continuation of the old DC universe. So that was cool. And he's writing that new book for DC. It's called Deceased. But it's it's kind of like the Marvel Zombies, but the DC version of that. Okay. Uh, Greg Capullo was there. Um, Peter Tomasi was there. Peter Tomasi is probably my favorite DC writer right now. Like, he's... Uh, he's always consistent. He's kind of like the Jeff Johns of DC right now. Like, uh, every, any book that he writes is always like, it's always a good read. It always kind of lands. It's, uh, it's always kind of cool ideas. So he was there and I talked to him last year as well. So this year, um, I had him sign a book. He, he, he wrote, he's writing the, uh, uh, detective 1000 story arcs. And the story arc is introducing the Arkham Knight, which was a character from the Arkham video games. But uh, – um, so that was the big launch from from Detective 1000 was his story arc with the Arkham Knight. So he signed it, uh, and, like, he was like, oh, you going to get – well, he, he's like, I got one that Greg signed, Greg Capullo signed. He's like, hey, you just had it. I'm like, oh, sweet. So um, – but – CGC was there, and they were grading stuff. So this is the first time I've ever done it where I had CGC grade stuff from a con but actually certify the signature because they'll actually – thats called Signature Series. But they'll come in, they'll not only grade the book, but they'll verify that the artist signed it, and it gets a a yellow band across the top instead of the normal blue band. So, But you have to go over to the table, get a CGC guy, come back. They have to witness – it's almost like a notary. They have to witness the, the creator sign it. Uh, and then they, then they put it in the bag so there's like a chain of custody to prove that it, that it signed. So, but it's cool. I got Detective 1000 with an alternate cover by Capullo signed by Tomasi. And then, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't validate Capullo's signature because they didn't see it, even though he was sitting like 20 feet away. So like Tomasi went out of his way and his like, like, Person that was helping him run the booth went out of their way to make sure I got Greg Capullo's autograph and they didn't charge me anything. Like it was, it was pretty kick ass. Wow. So,
1: I was like, you got a new best friend. Did you mention that you friend? do a podcast or did you get them kind of lined up or were you just thinking about that fucking well, signature
2: and not the podcast? It's one? a three year plan. Okay. Like last year, me and him really kind of connected. We took our relationship a little bit further this year. Okay. Next year, I'm gonna come out and tell him, "Hey, we've You're got a podcast." All right. So.
1: <laughs> All right. As long as you got that stick, stick. Make sure the pod men make it in your plan.
2: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, got that stuff graded. Uh, picked up a couple statues. Picked up some uh, some of the Marvel Select PVCs. Tamara got a tattoo. What? While we were there. So, yeah, they have like a whole row of tattoo artists. So what we did was she's had something in mind she wanted to do and there was some da- some uh, Disney animators. And so the, one of the animators there worked on the Iron Giant and he worked on um, Curious George, Princess and the Frog. He worked on a bunch of DC and, and Warner Brothers properties. And so uh, I kind of told him what Tanner was looking for. And so he drew it like in an animated style and uh, she, we took it over and, she got a tattoo right there on the spot, which is Like pretty a real tattoo, a what, A real tattoo. A real tattoo. What was it? It's like a hibiscus flower. Oh,
1: okay. I thought it was like so. a character that we may know, or better yet, maybe the Podman logo. Oh. Again, I mean, I, you're the one that's putting yourself out there. I have heard you would be an ambassador of the
0: Podman,
3: right? It's true.
0: That you is true. There, Brian. You could have... Uh we could have thrown our name out there a little bit and said, hey, would you ever be interested in joining the podcast?
2: podcast? Yeah. Same time, though, I basically got a a really cool book <laughs> graded and and signed for little to no expense.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear what the listener feedback is going to be about this, this selfish act of yours, Brian. <sighs> you
2: know. Uh, now, our listeners do have some feedback that they that uh, they they uh, uh, entrusted with me to, uh, and I was hoping we could discuss it on the podcast if we're ready to move on from Megacon. Uh, you tell me. So the only other thing that happened was there was a panel with uh, the Smallville cast, which uh, it was the same sort of thing. It was all these people asking these you know grandiose questions about episodes and specific things and. And it was the it was the well the show's been off the air for almost ten years <laughs> so I don't remember. And but uh, why, yeah, why was,
1: would they? What, you know that's all they're going to be asked. They should, you know what I mean? I they know. Be prepared, but fella.
2: Watch, watch the the thing do. is, what you're running into is these people are new to like that that uh, um, comic, uh, that convention circuit, so they don't have that Stan Lee mastery of. Well, I'm not going to answer your question, but I'll tell you a cutesy story. Yeah. Because that's what Stan Lee was the master of. He, you'd ask that stupid ass question, and you'd go, "Well, I don't know about that." But listen to this great story or great anecdote about you know Ditko or Kirby, and you're like, "Ah, Stan, yeah, Stan." But Stan would only answer like four questions because <laughs> he like, remember. They would just go off on a tangent about you know you know the good old days, but they don't have that skill set yet so it was the same thing people asking questions they're like I don't know what the hell you're talking about like I don't remember that episode you know uh sorry <laughs> like that was the way the thing basically went wow. out. um the uh uh the only thing that really kind of came out of that panel was uh um oh man I was just like a uh, I uh there was just a couple of stories about Smallville, uh, and then basically, you know, what they're doing now. Like they but they didn't remember anything about. Oh, it was wild! Is nobody asked about Allison Mack? I was waiting for somebody to ask about Allison Mack, and nobody did. That's that's, that's half the reason I went to the panel. Uh,
1: how do I get into one of those sex
2: uh, calls? Right. Well, and Christian Kruk was there, so it was Tom Welling, Christian Kruk Michael Rosenbaum. All sitting there, nobody asked about Allison. <laughs> so. Especially
0: oh, Christy Crux, she, she was, she was part of that too, you know that, don't you? Yeah, that's
2: what they said was that she's the one that introduced Allison Mack to it. Yeah. So. She
0: was
2: the wackadoo. Anyway. So, that's all I got for MegaCon. Great con, great creators, great artists, great celebrities, the boys got to meet great types. Who's the voice of Michelangelo on Ninja Turtles, and he's the voice of uh, a Beast Boy on uh, 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 Teen Titans Go. Yeah. So they were over the moon with that. So Good time had by all.
1: Uh, Podman Ryan, it doesn't sound like you missed much. Right? You, you. You were you were unable to go to to prior commitments. Do you feel like you missed anything? I mean, Brian's recap was pretty good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've,
0: uh, this is the one I would have went to. And what sucks is this one is always on Memorial Day weekend. It is always on Memorial Day weekend. And of all the fucking years, for it not to be on Memorial Day weekend.
2: Yeah, uh, PMR's been to the last two. Yeah. So <sighs> I was really this one bitter about it. It's, He's pretty salty. Mm.
1: All right. So, uh, luck. so just luck. PMR luck. But, PMR, you do have a fan out there. Let's hear what your fan says. Brian, now, is this Nathaniel's Nerplus that's giving us this feedback?
2: Uh No, no, no. This is Nathaniel's brother, Mark. So, uh, <laughs>
1: your cousins.
2: He, he, uh, he visited <laughs> and uh, said that he, he was like, hey, I've been listening to the podcast. And he said, That he actually listened for most of the time I was still gone. So you know, kudos to you two, right?
1: And he kind of like, did he say that the flow and the content was much better
2: or what? No, no, he didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) He did not. He said it's much better now that I'm back. (laughs) So so he said it's much better now. And he also said like there was a couple of things. He said uh, uh, unsolicited. Unsolicited, uh, that PMR's reviews are <laughs> overly complex and cringeworthy. Mm.
3: They're not cringeworthy, they're not reviews! They made-
2: so he said, he made it, he made a suggestion. He said, forget the 1 to 5. He said, Podman Ron needs to do a 1 to 10. Because he'll go on about how great a trailer is or how great a movie is and then get to the end and go, I gave it a three. got set
0: rules. i got set rules.
1: Let's go over those rules right now.
2: <laughs> no. So maybe we either need to do halves or extend it all the way out to ten. Because whatever your rating is, it never jives with what you spent ten minutes saying before you give the the review. That was one. That's what you call a tease, Brian. There you go. And the second Picadillo is he's noted that that PMR falls asleep at the twenty-five minute mark. Well, I'm guilty of that as well. So, uh, it's uh set your watches by twenty-five minutes. PMR is going to get real quiet.
0: <laughs> Not if we talk about something
2: interesting. (laughs) There you go. That's why. There you go, fans. When PMR (laughs) checks out, just go ahead and turn it off. You know, it's not like me and Brad could start this at 8 (laughs) o'clock.
1: That would be nice. I could start it at 7.30. That would be nice. That would help me. uh,
2: PMR is always like, yeah, let's do 9.30. I'll do 10. Ah, oh, ten more minutes. Ten fifteen, we get started, and then PMRs asleep by ten forty. <laughs> we we so. have a
1: special little sauce going here. It's, it's a special little thing. <laughs> All right. Well, those are great, great suggestions from uh,
0: to listener up. Mark. Half, 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 there you go. go. So, well. and, I and I disagree about it. my reviews are very thoughtful and put together. <laughs> It's
1: making a review. W- yeah, let's review some, trailers. Let's review some <laughs> trailers.
0: Uh
1: well we got yeah, we got some a lot of T V stuff happening out there. Uh first of all, let's talk about Picard. Uh, we got, uh a, yes. we got some information a little bit more information about Star Trek Picard where the old man kind of roams around and... uh in the wheat fields or, or whatever he says. In the vineyard. Uh, the vineyard, whatever. And uh, yeah, but uh Star well, Trek yeah, wants I him mean, back.
0: Yeah, I told you what the, the, the I think the premise is he's got to go out. He's going to be called about the board because he's connected to him, Or he's got to do another rescue mission, and he's got to, Starfleet won't let him go, so he's going to be kind of like Firefly. He's going to. Do his own band of this, and commandeer a, a show. I mean, a show. <laughs> kind of commandeer so, her hearts.
2: <laughs> so I just enjoy the fact that I've said this whole time that, uh, that it's going to be Picard working, you know, in his twilight years in a vineyard, you know, trying to get his, his wine label <laughs> off the, off the ground. <laughs> and it literally shows him this, all this teaser tomorrow. is. Yeah. Is him tooling around a vineyard, and you even see the wine bottle, and it's like the card vineyards. <laughs> like, it's exactly what my pitch was, or what I've been joking that it would—the show would be about. So, right. I was right. I nailed it. And then to to Ron's point, like it, it's not. It, Star, Starfleet pulls him in, and you find out that he left Starfleet fifteen years ago under dubious circumstances, and they're trying to interview him about what happened. So it's more of a uh, unusual suspects kind of setup, right, where it's it's going to be flashbacks and them interviewing him as an old man. You
0: think that's what it is, or you've heard what it is?
2: No, that's literally what they show. I mean, at least that's what you're set up to believe in the trailer.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. Mm-hmm. I hope not. That sounds
2: awful.
3: That's uh, what I think it is.
0: So because I, uh, the, no. the what I keep hearing is is that the rescue mission they're talking about is uh, the Romulan homeworld explosive You remember in uh, the original Star Trek uh, 2009 movie where Spock? Um, the reason he shifted to the other timeline, right? And the uh, because Romulus exploded, and they're saying that that was the rescue mission that Picard was Ooh. was doing, that was leading, and something has happened. So, at least that's the rumor. That's the thought. Um, that's what everybody's thinking. All right, what is this? Uh,
2: possible, but yeah, I just I just enjoyed the fact that the trailer is verbatim what I said it would be. So, as if someone. <laughs> Is listening to the podcast. So let, me let me say, <laughs> a Paramount executive is listening to this podcast.
0: <laughs> let me say also, this is the Star Trek show I've been wanting. When we were arguing about Discovery, and I was, you know, I do like Discovery, don't give your I wrong. I was, I <laughs> <laughs> was, I was, when I was arguing about Discovery. Come on, Fonzie,
2: you can say it.
0: This is what I wanted. I wanted a. Where, you know, where where, where we're at right now with Starfleet, Star Trek, you know, in the Star Trek Prime universe. This is what I wanted, and I'm happy to be getting it finally. I just hope they don't fuck it up. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So far, it looks good, so.
2: Looking forward to it. It doesn't look like that pitch at all. (laughs) So far, it doesn't look like anything you said you wanted. So. No,
0: no, you, you you don't know. It's it's exactly what I want. I want to see where the next generation cast is and what's going on and 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 in that timeline in, in the you know, fifteen years after Nemesis, that's what I want to see, and that's what we're finally getting, or at least sixteen years after Nemesis is what we're finally getting, and that's what I wanted. So yeah, we this is exactly what we're getting. So I mean it's not gonna be you know, in the past or another timeline, it's, you know, it's, what, it's the event that occurred after Nemesis. So, And I love the fact they're doing it in a TV show and not some movie. And you can actually see, you know, get some character development of where some of these characters have gone on since, you know, Nemesis ended with the last Next Generation project. So you can p- probably see what happened in La Forge and while having a Riker and everybody. So, looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be a huge hit. <clears throat> well, don't
2: Really let yourself go.
0: Especially if it's with the style that, you know, Discovery, the, the special effects that Discovery has and the, the stories that they have and they do it, yeah, it'll be a great show. It'll be a really good show. Well, well from one
1: uh, one. Come back to another, or spin off from another, uh, Batwoman trailer uh, has gotten Ooh. a little bit of critical uh, people Oh, my about. God. People are complaining yeah, about this the, Me uh, Too uh, movement
0: of yours.
2: Yeah, it's, getting, well, it's the, the yeah, it's Captain the, Marvel backlash.
0: Oh, it's gotten worse than Captain Marvel backlash because she said two cringy things about it, about men. One was like, what was it? Uh,
2: I'm not going to let a man take that steal my credit.
0: Yeah, and it's like, okay, he, it's Bruce Wayne made the Batman identity, he made the Batcave, he made the Batsuit, suit made the <laughs> and, she's, and then she says that? What? Yeah, she
2: literally steals the Batsuit and breaks into the Batcave and starts using all of his gadgets. But then as she breaks in, she turns and says, I'm not going to let some man steal my credit. It's like,
0: <laughs>
2: it's very weird very very odd uh, choice
1: chicks. am I
0: right <laughs> then I forget the other cringy band bashing thing said. but it's like the whole show is like okay she's got a woman love interest which I'm okay with I don't care but then you got the woman like commissioner the woman bad guy the woman I mean, it's like oh my god good lord y'all I mean I'm all for
1: I'm all for a bunch of chicks hanging around. Yeah, I'm all for that.
0: I'm all for lesbian
3: women, but... Ron, what's happening?
1: I'm working on some stuff.
2: (laughs) It hasn't started started uh, carpentry during
1: the uh, podcast. It hasn't hasn't hit the 25-minute mark quite yet, but i am already lost interest.
2: Ron's going to have a... PMR's going to have a terrible time falling asleep with that racket <laughs> in the
1: background. You lost me a Greg Capucciolo and your new best friend.
2: Hey, Greg, you lost
1: me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, uh... All
2: Ron's door jar,
1: All right, so we've got uh, Picard, uh, Netflix. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I watched I watched all of, uh, speaking about lesbians and Netflix, I watched all of Dead to Me, uh, thinking that I would see a little bit of, uh, uh, what's her face, Christina Applegate uh, making out with uh, Hawkeye's wife.
0: Linda Cardellini? Yeah. Are they lesbians in that?
1: No, but that's what I naturally expected, right? I mean, what else would it be about? Uh, but it wasn't about that. So that uh, was telling me disappointed on that one.
0: That is me disappointed.
1: Let me go back to that. Was it a good show? Uh, yeah, it was actually pretty good. I mean, it was fine. Uh, it had a little bit of uh, sexiness in it. Some guy goes down on Linda Cardellini, so that was nice, but that was about it. That was the extent of the sexiness
0: of it.
2: I, uh, yeah, I hadn't watched it. I will not be able to watch it because I've canceled my Netflix account. Ouch!
0: So, oh
1: wow!
2: That seems, yeah, like, it seems a like a strange thing to do. Oh well, uh, and I'm just assuming I'll get a uh, a return code so I can watch Stranger Things and then and then truly be completely done. So, uh, but uh, honestly, with uh, Stranger Things, you know, I, I'll probably wait to hear what everybody says before I even do that. Wow. Uh, it's it's very strange. Like there's stuff going on, lots of movement in the uh uh, uh like in that sort of streaming space about what's happening.
1: Tell me about it. Sister. Yeah.
2: So so swap thing got shrunk to ten episodes, right? That's and sure so there's co- concern that you know the DC Universe app may be dovetailed into a Warner Brothers streaming app.
1: Highly likely.
2: And that also kind of concurs with the fact that CW has not renewed their content license with Netflix, right? So, again, pulling that content back to launch a Warner Brothers streaming app. So that's kind of bubbling, you know, on one side of the fence. Then you've got all of the drama with Netflix and Disney+, and Disney pulling all of their content from Netflix for Disney+, Plus to launch. Right, so you know what we've already seen with the the, you know, the cancellation of all the Marvel Universe TV shows. Disney um, Plus has already announced that uh, um, Avengers Endgame will be the first movie to to show up on the Disney streaming site, uh, Disney Plus, without you know, hitting anywhere else. And that's coming out in December. So, you know, we prefer just up beforehand and then, and then it'll be available uh, for streaming on Disney Plus in December. Uh, but then you've also got Disney buying out NBC Universal from Hulu. So now NBC doesn't really have the, a content, uh, a streaming content provider because they've they've sold their position in Hulu. So again, the question is, uh, you know, are they going to set up their own streaming service for NBC Universal, right? Um, and then you've got just the bloodbath that is Netflix, where they're canceling shows left and right, even shows that they own, like um, Santa Clarita Diet. I finished that. So, great show, but I you know, it. Left, ended on a cliffhanger. We'll yeah. that we'll never get to get a payoff on, right? Uh, so, and then, and then you've also got Netflix going up to thirteen dollars a month. It's crazy. Where where Disney Plus is at, is at six dollars a month, or uh, and and. Um, to, uh, uh, DC Universe app, you know, even if it does dovetail, it probably will dovetail into a Warner Brothers app. The DC Universe app is like six, seven dollars a month. So Universal is, is almost, uh, 200% the cost of these other streaming services. And their content, it does not really justify it. I was also reading an article, not to, like, belabor the point, but that, uh, uh, it, Netflix had spent in the past year, Ten billion dollars on new content for the site and i was just like what the hell are they spending that money on because nothing seems great you know they're like what what's the great go-to new hot show that netflix has can you guys think of one there's not one so Unless Linda Cardellini and, and Christina, Christina Applegate made a billion dollars each, what the mm-hmm. hell are they spending this money on? <laughs> so my thought, and we do know one project that, that, that they've greenlit, and it's going to be James Wan, the, the guy that directed um, uh, Aquaman, is doing the Mark Millar uh, Magic Order book, which uh, as, as a series. But it was only six issues. Right, so you've got, you know, uh, Umbrella Academy, which is okay. It wasn't anywhere near as good as Doom Patrol, and then you've got Magic Order, which the book was really good, but it's only six issues. How far can you take it? Again, like, what the hell are they spending this money on? And it, and it, and the, the thing too, but they said this. It, it was uh, it was money that they borrowed. It, it was it was it wasn't it was. Like they had sought out ten billion in debt from creditors. Uh so that was interesting. And then there's a poll that showed that um twenty-two percent twenty-two percent of their subscribers have said once the Marvel and DC or Marvel and Disney stuff leaves Netflix, they'll be canceling. That was like in a poll recently. So, yeah, not great times for for Netflix. What are your thoughts?
0: I just, uh, I don't understand what they're doing. I mean, I, I, especially canceling those shows right here when you know you're going to lose a lot of shit to Disney as it is, you would think that you would want to hang on to your Marvel shows at least if you can and all these other shows that they've been canceling one day at a time, Santa Clarita, um, you know, hang on to those shows, but. They, just, well, uh, they, don't,
2: they don't. give a shit. So here's my like, you know, conspiracy theory thought is the way this is all shaking out. The odd man, the, the two odd men out of all of this is Netflix and NBC Universal. NBC Universal just lost Hulu, or, or they've sold their position at Hulu, or their position in Hulu. Uh, they they haven't. They don't really have a content provider. Cause it was Hulu. And so, and, and the gist I got is that Disney just bought them out and just made them a good offer and they just took it. So if CW is leaving Netflix, the Warner Brothers properties are leaving Netflix, the Disney properties are leaving Netflix, and Universal has content and doesn't have a way to distribute it, it seems like maybe <coughs> that's what's in the back of Netflix's head is that they become and they fill that void with NBC Universal properties, whether okay, it's okay. Universal Universal Monsters, whether it's, you know, uh, um, uh, what all Universal properties are there? there? There's all the DreamWorks Universal movies that are out. Uh, but, yeah, if they go through... And they've even kind of done that, like because uh, some of the uh some of the animated uh shows that are on Netflix right now are all universal properties, like that baby boss. So I don't know, that's that's my kind of conspiracy theorist is uh they're canceling this stuff to make way for, for NBC Universal. And to throw money at NBC Universal okay. for the content.
0: Oh, it's really retarded what they're doing, but you know, whatever.
1: Perfect. <laughs> that, that, that's that's some good analysis by the two of you. Equal equal sides represented on that one.
2: Brad, do you have a uh, a thought on this? Considering, I think you might be even more plugged into this than either of us.
1: <laughs> I um, I gotta listen to this kind of stuff all day, and I don't give a shit about it. I'll be honest right. with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of hearing about it.
2: Do you think I might be onto something?
1: You Could be. I would not. I would not discount <clears throat> uh, Comcast being in the, the ring there somewhere or another as it relates to NBC Universal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what so. else we got here? Uh, something else that uh, Brian, you were very uh, quick to bring up. That uh, again, you're talking about people listening to the podcast. Other outside of your cousins, uh, you you were mentioning something in the green room about DC doing some sort of uh, plot with Superman that uh, you had first uh, divulged on the podcast.
2: I first. All right, so I'm not sure which episode this was. This was probably somewhere in the uh, 60s, 50s, mid to that? mid to uh, mid 50s to mid 60s. We did a podcast where we each pitched uh, our Mm -hmm. own comic book property, movie property, right? And I pitched, uh, well, Brad, you pitched She-Hulk. She-Hulk, yeah. Right? Um, PMR, I forget what you pitched. Uh, I think it was that Shatner, um, Adam West, retirement home (laughs) pilot. And then uh, uh, I pitched doing Justice Society set during World War II, uh, and my big... Arc was going to be the fact that the that the Germans had Superman and he was called uh, uh, um, Uberman, right? Uberman, yeah.
0: And I don't so, remember and, any of the-
2: And we talked about you know rolling out and kind of showing, treating it like Justice JSA, Liberty Files, where which was a really cool story that uh, Dan Jolly and, and Tony Harris did about ten years ago. Where it was almost Indiana Jones ish, they were all spies working for the government. You had Mister Terrific, you had, uh, um, uh, well, he was Mister Terrific. That, that was he was called Mister Terrific. Um, you had uh, uh, the owl, the bat, right? The owl was was uh, Doctor Midnight, Batman. You had the Adam. You had all these, but they were set as if they were spies during World War Two. And they, they, they didn't really have powers, um, which is cool. It was a cool concept in that book. And so I was like, well, take that, that natural extension and make them have to take on Superman. And Superman was was captured by the Germans or landed in, in Nazi Germany and was raised, you know, under under that regime. And he was Uberman, right? Um, you two shat on it. I mean, no. shat on hard. my my pitch. Hard. hard.
1: It was a hard dump.
2: It was a hard no. So, DC.
3: I'm gonna
1: go relaunched. back
0: and listen to that. Yeah. Cause I don't remember it being the way you're saying
2: it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the way I said So, uh, now, <clears throat> I was reading earlier today. DC has relaunched the Freedom Fighters. So it's Dollman, Human Bomb, uh, Uncle Sam, right? And it sets, uh, and, and the universe is the Nazis won the war, right? And it's set today, and when the Nazis won the war, Uncle Sam disappeared because he's the spirit of America. And now it's, it's like that. It, the spirit of America is coming back and it's, it's in present day, but the Nazis have ruled for the past, you know, 60, 70 years, whatever it is. Uh, well, guess who the villain is? It's Uberman, Superman, and it's the and so instead of being the Justice Society, it's the Freedom Fighters. But it's literally my pitch. Wow. So somebody in D C liked my idea.
0: Somebody might be leaking well, stuff
2: to DC. Uh, I don't like this. You two dickheads couldn't care less. No. Well,
0: the way I remembered it was some Sergeant Rock thing, and you said that it no, was no, no, I, brought I, up where It would be Sergeant Rock starting the DC universe, and and then go into slowly go into the DC stuff.
2: No, that's what I said. So I was I I incorporated Easy Company and Sergeant Rock and Justice Society because you gotta. I mean, it's it's a giant. I mean, how are all these individuals going to take down Superman? So it was going to be like a almost like an Avengers Endgame kind of a scenario. You've got Easy Company, you've got the Justice Society, you've got these all these variations of the Justice Society, and you find out the uh, the ultimate weapon is Hitler's Uberman, which is actually Superman. Right? So and they have to and and so it takes all of them to take down and, and eliminate Superman. So
0: think the ultimate weapon yes. would be love. Love is the ultimate.
2: So but but I incorporated the Justice Society and Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. That was my that was my pitch, and it got shat on hard.
0: Well, oh, so, that was fair enough. It's probably I don't think it, I don't think you pitched it like that.
2: back listen to that sir. I was. challenge our listeners. I challenge our <laughs> listeners to go back and listen to that episode. I'm going to
0: go back and listen. Mark Stephen, I I, you? I want to know.
1: I was so far up uh, She Hulk screen cont that I just could not. I couldn't see the light of day. You know what I mean? You
2: couldn't focus on my I pitch. Could not focus on your pitch. And you know what, Brad? I liked your pitch. Thank you. Like I was like I was very supportive of your She Hulk <laughs> pitch. And then, and
1: then to then get
2: her. swiftly kicked in the nuts for twenty minutes yeah. about my pitch. <laughs>
1: That's what happens. It's very cutthroat. This Hollywood, <laughs> which is lifestyle. apparently
2: good enough. My pitch was good enough for DC editorial.
1: yeah oh, yeah. Words so. could be said. There you have.
0: It. <laughs> well, it's a yeah, it's an interesting concept, but they kind of did that with uh, with uh, injustice, didn't they? With no. it bad there. Well,
2: what they did it with was um, when they did. Um, the Golden Age So, you know The Golden Age of James Robinson So what I was really doing Was like basically Kind of like Golden Age Justice Society uh, Sergeant Rock And then Liberty Files Kind of like a fusion Of all those Kind of stories uh, But Yeah, for anybody That hasn't read The read the Golden Age From James Robinson uh, oh, From see. the Late 90s Classic Classic book Has it get near The uh, uh, The the appreciation and love that it should.
1: You're right, it doesn't. I, I I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah.
2: Except when I mention it.
1: Well, you had all you lost me at Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock's cool. Sergeant Rock. I uh, anything else on the news? We we got a couple of movies. Ronnie saw a few movies. <laughs>
0: Talk about John Wick.
3: Yeah,
1: talk about John Wick.
0: <clears throat> I'm just talking about John Wick. Let's talk about John Wick. Oh, I was a little disappointed. Oh. It's uh, it was good, but it kind of got you know I, I got to a point where the fighting was so much fighting that I was like really wanting to see more of the more talking. Well, more of the story, you know. There, wow. there was all the stuff going on with the adjudicator and this, you know, this myth- mythology that they had built up with the, the table and um, yep. the, the bad yep. guys and the assassination people and the assassins and the hotels. and I was really curious about that part. And so every time that was on the st- screen, that was interesting. I really liked it. But like, especially at the end, when the fighting at the end was just like, All right, we've seen this the whole movie. I mean, I think Keanu Reeves has maybe 20 lines in this whole movie. And, I mean, it's still – I mean, the fight scenes, don't get me wrong, are just incredible. I mean, they're kick-ass. But in the first probably half of the movie is really good. I even love Halle Berry. I I love her role in it. I love – her scenes in it, they used just enough of her, I, cause I was really worried that she was gonna be like, in the whole movie, you know, Ooh. she was gonna be his new partner. And, uh, but that wasn't the case. She was in, you know, the second act and then that was it. But, it was really, her part was really good. The dogs that she had was really good. The fight scenes were really good. It just, by the third act, the fight scenes got just overwhelming and just like, wow. Okay, we need
2: some something a little different. Need people this talking is, about the so, Phillies. Well, <laughs> <sighs> like? here's, here's the thing with the movie. I think and this threw me off guard too. I thought this was the end of the story. I thought it was a trilogy. It's not a trilogy. And honestly, John Wick three is basically The Empire Strikes Back. Right? So well, you can uh, say that it,
0: about John Wick two. It ended the same way as the last one ended. I mean, he's back on the run again. I mean...
2: Yeah, but basically, but what you've done is you've built out his universe where it's believable that he can fight the table, right? That's the whole point. So you've got, the way it's ended is you've got the assassin school that he trained at, right? And all those, those young assassins that were being trained there... Um and, uh, uh, Angelica Houston, I forget what her name was. I don't know, they may not even say her name. Um, you know, running it. <clears throat> so you've got kind of like the Red Room for Marvel fans, right? Uh, you know, Scarlet Wish. Um, you've got the Red Room on the table, and there, so there's, you got know, those assassins. You've got, um, uh, the King, right? And, which is, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and all of his, like, uh, his network of assassins and John Wick, and then you've got the table. So, and, and the way they set it up is that, you know, they killed a bunch of people uh, at the, uh, from the Je- evangelical Houston's, you know, people, and then they killed and even cut up Lawrence Fishburne. So now more than just John Wick have a grudge against the table, so now it's going to be, you know, just batshit crazy, like, war. Like just a an assassin of war in the in John Wick four, so I'm down with all that. It, the, for me, the thought it was just like I was like, wait. I, as we got into, it, I was like, he's never going to confront the table. Like it, we're and so about midway through that second act, I realized, wait, this isn't this isn't ending in this movie. So um I think I had a different take on it after I realized that.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited about the next movie. I'm just saying you, I was more interested. They had built this world and I'm interested in this world. And I would, by the third act, I was really more into what was going on between the adjudicator and her going to the, you know, going to the rat king and. You know, taking her penance out on him and taking her penance out on the you know the uh people who raised John Wick or trained him, and you know, taking his our penance out on the the hotel. You know, I mean, that stuff was interesting. I was disappointed in the the leader of the High Table. I thought that whole thing was really stupid. He wasn't the, the leader,
2: though. Like, well, she, she is was, a. Leader of the high right. uh, He's the I, only one it. He's the only one That Halle Berry Could get John Wick in front of
0: And I get Now Well not that guy I'm talking about The one in the desert That That's what I'm talking about Oh uh, okay I, I just thought that was Kind of stupid You know When the guy said Follow Orser Major Out into the desert And when you're about to die Keep going And I'm thinking Is he just Being Spouting bullshit I mean but then that turned out to be what he was supposed to do, and, like, I don't know, it just... It kind of got... Well, the first two John Wicks, even though they were a little out there a little bit, they were a little bit more... Uh, this one kind of veered off into a little bit of weirdness in that regard, but, but I would have liked to learn more about the table and about what they do and this assassin world, but it was, you know, 20 minutes of a fight scene that, it was like, okay. Like, I enjoyed the fight scene. I enjoyed the dog fight scene. But towards the end, the, the fight scene in that room was just, I was bored. I was literally just kind of like, okay. Uh, you know, there's just so uh, much
2: I to And I liked the bad guy <laughs> this time, because the bad guy was like, uh, he was like a fan of John Wick. You know, like, uh, so, the, uh, so even though they're fighting, he was like congratulating about how, how well he was fighting the whole time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was good, but I mean, it's just kind of like a little campy, too. I just, uh, you know, I like about uh, John Wick like, you know, he shoots him in the head like four times. It's like, okay, I think one time in close blank and a head would be fine. Uh,
2: I'll tell you what, uh, what I thought was great was, uh, you know, in the second movie, you had the introduction of like car food. Right, or, or, karate, right? Cause he, the whole scene where he's fighting all those guys in his car, you know, and he's doing a donut and, and, and clipping people with the car, like he's kicking them and stuff, you know, and then you know, he <laughs> opens the door, backs up and, and takes somebody out and rips the door off. Like, so in the, the second movie, you kind of set up karate with a car, right? And then in this movie, you get, you had, uh, like horse food where he ends up in that yeah, stable and he's, he's using the horses to kill all these people.
0: I thought that uh, was pretty good, too. Yeah,
2: was there, great. Was,
0: there was some good, you know, the dog fight scene I thought was great. They just would go after the balls on everybody. just And I thought all that shit was really cool and really good scenes and good choreographed and everything. I mean, looked great. And even the end scene looked great. It just got monotonous after a while. It got really boring. At least for me, it did. Oh, I love
2: when the <sighs> uh, when you uh... – they came back in the vault to get the shotguns because all of the people from the table were wearing like the, uh, the Kevlar suits and so they weren't able to kill them. And so they had to like, when they'd shoot them, they'd have to lift up their mask and then shoot them in the face just to kill them. Right. So they have to shoot them and stun them and then, and then literally take off their, their armor to shoot them to actually put them down. So that's pretty great. No, I loved it. I loved the movie. Like, and I think, uh, it really sets up the next movie to be just, you know. I, I guess they've, been, they've built a universe at this point. At that you know, at that point, they've built a universe to where maybe we're not just getting John Wick 4, maybe we're getting a spin-off movie. You know, well, stuff they, like that. They talked
0: about that, they talked about that, the TV show of the, the Continental TV show. You know, they're doing yeah. a TV show on that. Now, whether that is going to have Ian McShane, I don't know. Especially after, did he really betray John Wick, or was he trying to save John Wick? Because you know, if he wanted to kill him, he could have just shot him in the head.
2: Yeah, he knew that the that the that he had the bulletproof jacket. He's the one that made, that got it made for him. So
0: right,
2: yeah. If he if he had the drop on him, he could have just shot him in the head, but he didn't. You know, so.
0: I <clears throat> oh, was just uh, I don't know. I was a little. It was a little. A little lackluster for me. I I, I kind of like used a little bit more of a story in it instead of more, all the action. The action was just getting old after a while.
2: Too much action. Yeah. Who would
0: have thought? Hey, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I got at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta sell me with some plot. I mean, come on. All right.
1: So what do you? What's your final score on this?
3: Oh God.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I'd give it a. Give it I'd a five. five. No, i was just kidding. I'd give it a four.
2: <laughs> Again, so he is pretty much shot on the movie for ten minutes, and then he gave it a four. Yeah. Hold oh,
3: no,
1: no, no. <laughs> on. He's getting out of the car. Can Look out. Uh, Brian, have you seen any movie? Uh, has there been any movies to see outside of the movie? Uh, I
2: saw Aladdin.
1: Oh, I forgot about Aladdin. How was How was Aladdin?
2: Oh, Aladdin, a brand new it world. It was. Uh, it wasn't. It was better than I thought it would be. Okay, that's
1: good. So there's that.
2: Um, it was uh, also not great, <laughs> but better than I thought it would be. Uh, it was weird. There was. I, I wish you get. What you guys had seen it? But. There was scenes where it almost looked like they were trying to choreograph and sing while they were doing these intricate numbers. And I'm pretty sure unless it's just like a Bollywood like filming technique that they were trying to mimic. Right, maybe that that they were they filmed it in slow motion and then sped it up. Like, that's the way it really looks. There's, it's really weird, like, in certain parts with, like, some of these, and I don't know. And, and I, that's literally what I was saying. I was like, is that like a Bollywood thing? Could be. Or is that, is that like, and they're trying to get that kind of effect? Or is it literally, they're like, well, we got so many cues they gotta land and they gotta sing. <laughs> uh, it'll be easier to dub their voice and just have them sing in slow motion and, and do these, mm-hmm. and these points in, in slow motion. That got really, it was, it was like off putting. So, I'd be curious if either of you see this movie, what your thoughts are on that, or if any, if any listeners have seen the movie and, and picked up on the same thing. It's um, that uh, they didn't try to, you know, um, uh, Robin Williams. It, you know, they, they were smart enough not to, like, just try and copy,
1: yeah.
2: you know, all of his, you know, jokes and, well, and his kind of manning. Yeah, it wasn't like the manic sort of genie that you had with uh, with uh, Robin Williams. It was, it was you know, Will Smith as the genie. I mean, that, that, <laughs> no, I mean, it was just Will Smith being Will Smith. It's just he happens to be a genie. So um, the music was fine. It was you know, it was fine. It's
1: fine. Okay. Well, I uh, I saw a Detective Pikachu. Finally?
2: Oh, I, I saw Detective Pikachu as well.
1: Yeah, you. Were, this is my uh, retro review of it. <laughs> but nah, it was fine. It was good. I fell asleep twice, uh, which is pretty good for me. It means it kind of kept my oh. interest.
2: <laughs> it uh, it was all right. It was. I mean, my kids loved it. Yeah. But you good know, good enough. enough. My problem is that's what we're uh, that's what we're going to be faced with. Yeah. Is that's that's the next 15 years of movies for us. Once the Marvel stuff finally does like hit that wall, which I'm I'm really worried. Phase four,
1: <laughs> it may be in in that
2: way, maybe that wall that it's going to hit. Then we're going to be hit with Naruto movies and Dragon Ball Z movies and Pokemon movies and you know Yu Gi Oh movies. And at that point, you know. I guess we've all got permission to just die. No, so, there's
1: nothing else to live for. Well, it, I mean, the only thing—or not the only thing—deemable <laughs> about it, but the uh, the animation with the the Pokemon were, was actually pretty good. I, I thought that was, they did a really good job yeah. of that.
2: Yeah, they blended the world well. Yeah, like I mean, they looked realistic, better than Sonic the Hedgehog looks. Poor for, Sonic.
1: Poor Sonic. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so uh, we've lost, uh, we've officially lost Podman well, Ron now.
2: Well, we're we're at the 25 minute mark, so. Uh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he, he stayed with us longer than I did. I mean, he was doing good there for a while. Uh, I know he had. Uh, we'll kind of stall a little bit, but he had uh, some big, or did you have Big Bang Theory stuff to you wanted to talk about for in the in Big the Bang TV Theory? News?
2: God no I don't I don't want said garbage God. all right well he loves it Oof. Uh, there's a a little side note uh did you see that uh interview I posted with Harrison Ford?
1: Oh yeah, yeah
2: he said that he's yeah, he said that he's the only uh he's the only Indiana Jones doesn't matter I mean, you know uh see this is what he literally said uh nobody is gonna be Indiana Jones, Ford said. Don't you get it? I beat Indiana Jones. When I'm gone, he's gone. It's easy. Then he added, This is a hell of a way to tell Chris Pine this. I'm sorry, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there you go, Chris Pratt. You had your chance. Wait,
2: well, hey, Chris Pine is actually who he said, which Chris Pine would be a fine Indiana Jones as yeah, well. No, uh but uh yeah, so Harrison Ford is uh is gonna be a hundred percent Indiana Jones in this Indian, in this next Indiana Jones movie, and then uh and then he and thinks. And then that's he it. He thinks. It'll be done.
1: They'll just come up with, you know, Georgia Smith. Hi, i Georgia Smith. I'm Montana. Montana Smith. Johnson. Yeah. What yeah.
2: was it? Tennessee Williams? Or no, Tennessee.
1: <laughs> Tuxedo? What's
2: the guy's name? No, there was like <laughs> a like an, a, an 80s um, Indiana Jones ripoff movie. Oh,
1: Remo Williams was, uh, well, that wasn't really. That
2: one. No, this one's, uh, but it. <laughs> It was R, so I remember it had nudity. Ah, good. What was that one called? Let's see. While well, we're stalling. What else is going on, Brad?
1: Uh, nothing. I'm digging out clay out of a Halloween sculpture. That's what I've been doing up to this hour. As
2: opposed to the podcast. As opposed to the podcast.
1: I'm multitasking. You know, it happens. It happens. Uh, it was uh, Tennessee Buck. Tennessee Buck. I don't remember that one.
2: Yeah, it was on HBO. Oh,
1: ah, okay. Well, there you go. That's what HBO has to look forward to. Yeah.
2: There was King Solomon's Mines with Richard, I Richard
3: Chamberlain.
2: That, yeah. I, 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 we've said this before. You know, once Indiana Jones over, I think uh, it'd be great to get Doc Sampson.
1: Uh, was Doc Savage? Yeah.
2: I mean, I, that's what I mean. Do Doc Savage. But uh, Doc Savage uh, and The Rock is actually, uh, I think. He was uh, tied to it at one
1: point, but he's tied tied to pretty much everything. So hard to to know what's really going to uh, happen with The Rock nowadays.
2: It depends on how
1: how big uh, Hobbs and Shaw takes off, I guess.
2: Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, I'm all in for it. But it's absolutely the tango and cash method of movie making. (laughs)
1: Of uh, Of the new age. Yeah, the
2: new age. So, uh, while we're, st- I, I was kind of waiting for PMR to be back for this, but I guess we can go ahead and roll into it. Uh, they've announced some of the pricing for uh, Star Wars Land at Disney. Because uh, Star Wars Land, and it's called Galaxy's Edge, technically. Nobody calls it that. Everybody calls it Star Wars Land, but <laughs> technically it's called Galaxy's Edge uh opens in Disneyland uh next month and then it opens in Disney World in September. And it's going to be a rolling opening like it's not going to be totally open. They're going to open a couple rides and open the remaining uh stuff. But they've announced some of the pricing. So, you know, at Universal Studios, the Harry Potter experience, you can buy butterbeer, right? And the butterbeer I believe um is 5.99 if I remember correctly. Uh and it's probably like a ten ounce, you know, icy that's butterbeer. It's butter Scotch flavored. Okay. So uh butterbeer is five ninety nine, Brad. Alright. Disney will have blue milk. Yes. so you can drink blue milk for the first time. That's How the thirst quencher. It's <laughs> a thirst <laughs> that's the the It's thirst <laughs> quencher. Yeah, Milk. Yeah, so it's nice a hundred degrees. Let's serve everybody, you know, glasses of milk. <laughs> that will <that'll> be perfect. <laughs> Nobody's gonna have a problem with that. No. How much considering butter beer is five ninety nine, I believe, how much would you pay for a glass of blue milk? No more than seven ninety nine. Well, you nailed it. Wow, it is seven ninety nine for a glass. Wow. Eight dollars for a glass of blue milk. Uh very uh uh, it's on the uh, pricier side
1: uh, But hopefully it's not just blue milk I mean hopefully it's some sort of concoction That looks like blue milk
2: Hopefully <laughs> now, I'm just assuming it's going to be like a milkshake Right Like a, just a blue milkshake um, You'll be able to build Your own lightsaber Custom lightsaber um, How much would you think it would be to build your own Custom lightsaber Uh $25 it's going
1: to be a little bit more than that. Would you
2: like to take another guess?
1: I'll
2: say 45 $200. Oh, shit. All right. Well. To, to build a lightsaber at, at Disney's Galaxy's Edge, it's going to be $200. Wow.
1: And does it uh, light up? Does it make sense, I, I, or is it just the build?
2: It better light up. It better be able to cleave a, a steel door in half for $200. Wow. Uh. They will also have remote control toys. Oh, good. Uh, there's going to be a droid depot, and you'll be able to buy remote control toys. Okay. Uh, starting at ninety nine dollars each, wow. and ending at a life size remote control R two unit. Oh. Would you like to know how much that life size remote control R two unit? Five grand. Five grand. Chad more. Ten. Not quite. A little bit more. Oh. $25,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, $25,000. $25, $25, wow.
1: All right. Well,
2: $25,000 $25, to buy a life-size R2 unit.
1: Let me know what you call yours when you get it.
2: For the price of a car, you can buy a <laughs> remote-control R2 unit.
1: Yeah, not a real one, but a remote-control one.
2: Yeah, not a real robot. Oh, okay. It's you, You're still going to have to control the damn thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: because that's been Podman Run's dream forever, right?
2: Yeah, robot, exactly. exactly. $25,000. Uh, you'll be able to take out a, a an equity line of credit, like, right before, and then go buy your, so they'll have wow. bankers. They'll have bankers and loan officers, uh, <laughs> all, uh, you know, at, at the park You're to do you know, credit applications. Yeah. yeah, what the hell, man? Like, who who's going to buy that? I I don't know. There's somebody out there that will. So it reminds me of when I was a child, and I for Christmas. I have told you the story before. Uh, I bought, I got the Twiggy and Doctor Theopolis oh, yeah. remote control toy and it was a blow-up doll yeah it was was a blow-up doll so it was a little remote control box like a car but it was like it was like a car but it just was a a brick on the bottom so it had four wheels and uh it was a blow-up um twiggy from buck rogers in the 24th century so i got it for christmas and i blew it up i loved it i loved that twiggy and dr theopolis so much so I slept with it the first night.
1: <laughs> so Christmas <laughs>
2: night I slept with it and popped it. Wow, that hurts!
1: That hurts a little it, boy's dream, right? It now.
2: hurt. <laughs> it hurts a little boy's dream. I was probably five, and it still it still hurts to this day. <laughs> to think about
1: your parents should not have let you do that.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> that, uh, but that's what it reminds me. Of. That thing probably cost you know back in 1981. Or 1982, that thing probably cost, you know, $17. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now you can get uh, the official equivalent of it. You know, maybe it's a little sturdier. I don't think it'll pop if Ron sleeps with it. But uh,
1: $25,000. I mean, talking about sleeping, I would rather just buy a sex robot that I could sleep well, with uh, for under $25,000. Well,
2: that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think you can get one. A nice one. So
1: oh. let's see uh so. we we may have uh hold on here, let's see if we can get Podman Ron from back for the goodbye. Hold on. Uh Podman Ron, are you there? Yeah, sorry. What what happened there? It sounds like uh you missed the whole uh you'll have to go back and listen to uh Brian's uh analysis of the new Star Wars land or galaxy's edge. Are Disney. y'all still recording? Uh, sadly, we are.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would not there's have so, Just I want to get Ron's take on, on, a, on these really quickly. I don't think there's too much backtracking. So uh, <laughs> at Disney World, Galaxy's Edge, and Disneyland Galaxy's Edge, and Star Wars Land, you'll be able to buy blue milk, which is the equivalent of you know the Harry Potter butterbeer, right? And we believe uh, – Butter beer is about five ninety nine a glass.
0: Units, <laughs> it's what?
2: Butter beer is about six dollars a glass. How much do you, right, pay, right. you would pay for for blue milk?
0: I would pay. I'd pay that for blue milk.
2: It's going to be eight. It's going to be seven ninety nine for blue milk. So a little, you know, a little pricey for a glass of milk in the warm, <laughs> in the hot Florida sun or California sun. <laughs> I mean, it
0: better be sweet milk because I don't want no damn.
2: Well, there's nothing. Brad mentioned this. There's nothing as refreshing to cool you down on a hot summer day like a big glass (laughs) of milk. So, so that's one. That was people are like. So that was a little bit of seven eighty nine seems a little high for a glass of blue milk. Uh, The second one was you can build a lightsaber, right? And how much would you pay for a lightsaber at uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? How much do you think you'd pay for that? Consider you can build lightsabers now for about 20 bucks. 20 bucks? 200 dollars. Holy shit. Lightsabers are 200 dollars. You'll be able to buy, they're going to have a droid, uh, like a build your own droid, right? <clears throat> Where you can, it'll be a remote control droid. Uh, those will be 99 dollars to build your own droid, which that's, that's kind of okay. It's being customized.
0: How them, much? How big is the droid?
2: Small. Small droid. It's a little toy droid. But it's remote control. Now, you can also run uh, build a or you can purchase a functioning life size remote control R2 unit.
0: How much?
2: How much would you pay for a life size remote control R2 <laughs> unit?
0: A thousand dollars. More $2,000?
2: More You're way low
0: $5,000?
2: Keep on going
0: No $6,000? $25,000
2: No,
0: get the fuck out
2: For $25,000 You can buy a life-size Remote control R2 unit No. Who the hell is R2 gonna buy it? We are, are you gonna have like a, a, a loan application before you uh you know before you you, you know, purchase <laughs> it? You, you can buy a car for the cost of this R2 unit. So Yeah, I cannot
0: believe that. That's
2: ridiculous, man. <laughs> so your lifelong dream is so close, Ron. You yep. can buy one. You can walk in and walk out with one. The I same thing. All you need is twenty five grand. So, there you go. That
0: sucks. royally sucks. But yeah,
2: as you alluded to earlier, I don't think Disney realizes the state (laughs) that that Star Wars is in at this moment.
0: (laughs) So yeah, Star Wars is not like as beloved as it was. I mean.
2: And I think it's, nothing's more apparent than the prices that we just quoted as to, you know, how. Uh,
0: and, and speaking of, this is a good thing I want to, conversation I want to have because I kind of told Brad in the green room that I wanted to talk about the Big Bangs last
2: episode.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: the, the podcast comes to a screeching <laughs> halt. This is the one
2: where I fall asleep. <laughs>
0: Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <clears throat> Let's see if I can articulate this. I think Brad, we are this. seeing we are seeing the end of nerdum as as a popular thing as it was the past ten to fifteen years. And the reason being, I mean, you gotta admit, with Avengers Endgame was pretty much the culmination of the Marvel Universe. I mean, we're going to have other stuff, but we're not going to have these characters from our childhood. We're going to have these other characters from, you know, Alex's childhood and, you know, Jacob's childhood. You know, we're not going to have, they've, they've, they've spent ours. They've done ours. You know, it's not going to be as popular as it was.
2: Well, that's what Wars, I was saying earlier about when we were talking about the Pokemon movie. Star Wars
0: is already fallen where it wasn't, it's not as popular as it was. You know, it's nerdum. I feel like it's kind of, we we were at the golden age, We that 10 years was the golden age, and... and the Big Bang Theory was part of that, you know. I mean, as dumb as you didn't like it, you you know, you didn't like it and you thought it was dumb, it was part of the uh the landscape of nerdism, you know, it it, it boosted all this up. It talked about comics and T V stars and movies and all that. And now that's ended. And I just I don't know. I I feel like this this year marks a an end to a lot of this kind of stuff.
2: Well, that's what I yeah. told him, uh, told Brad while you were off the when he when he dozed. Uh, that that's that's my biggest gripe with the Pokemon movie. It was fine. I mean, that's not anything I would seek out to see myself. But the biggest thing of the Pokemon movie is that's that's the next fifteen years. I got a, I've got a feeling, like you said, Endgame was a big crescendo, yeah. and 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 Phase Four. Is very soft. We don't know what movies there are. We don't yeah. know what what it's going to build towards, right? There's like, no,
0: there's no, there's no excitement for it. I mean, there's really, I mean, there's curiosity about it, but because they've kept it so under wraps and what little we have gotten, there's just no. It seems like there's no excitement for it. So,
2: well, and that's so. But that's like, my thing is, Pokemon was successful enough to spawn more Pokemon movies. But then you'll get your Naruto movies and you'll get your Dragon Ball Z movies and you'll get your uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! movies and, and all this other, you know, Digimon and all this other crap. That's, and I, again, what i told Brad is like, I guess that's our, you know, that that's the world telling us it's okay to go ahead and just die.
0: <laughs>
2: we're, not making, we're no longer making content for you.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, you're right, though. I mean, it's just. It, that's what it really kind of feels like. It kind of feels like our day is done. You know, I mean, even the comic books now are just not just there's just nothing. I mean,
2: like, I'm sorry. I think, about, think about like you know the 15, and 70s the high action movies these westerns until Star Wars hit. So we're kind of that we're we're experiencing that now that our parents experienced. You know, uh, you know, a, a a Clint Eastwood movie was you know the height of action for them, and then Star Wars comes along. And they don't get it. They don't understand it, and, and it. You know, it didn't land with them. and they didn't. But every movie from all was, you know, exactly you that us, if it's not, you didn't get
1: I think you've been assimilated by the board there, Brian. We lost you. Oh, uh, lost?
2: Can you hear me? Um,
1: uh, yeah, and I think we lost Podman Ron again as well. Hold on. <laughs> uh Podman Ron, are you there?
0: Yeah, Brian was breaking up.
1: I know it. I Burl. think that's. I think that's the sign we need to start wrapping it up.
0: Can you hear Brian? Is he there?
2: Can you hear me? Yeah,
0: that's much better. All right. No, I, but I, if it is. It's just it. I don't know. I just, I'm curious to see what the next year holds, but there's just, maybe it's just me getting older and just down on everything, but there's just nothing, nothing I'm really kind of excited for. I mean, everything, I mean, X-Men, even X-Men universe. I mean, some would say, thank God, but you know, they were, those movies are ending. I mean, I I don't know. I just, just feel like it's kind of, everything's come to a head this year on everything and as stupid as it sounds with the big bang theory it's like eh, it kind of kind of came to a ending with it was going off so if it had anything to do with it it's just all coincidence but it's still it just seems like it's you know it's a huge coincidence
1: All right, well, that's a, that's a hell of a way to end it right there. It's
2: a hell of a way to end it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should be wrapping up the pod, bed yeah. Maybe, yeah. I, you no, said maybe it not we've me, done our
1: part. You know, I was thinking it.
0: <laughs> you know Brad's always ready to pull Brad's the plug. Always, Brad's always one day away from just ending
1: it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Brian to get his own recording equipment. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm waiting. I may... you're a great host. What are you talking about? <laughs> I hate all this stuff we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero interest in it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, so I think you know, for Christmas, I'm going to get you guys both a recorder, if not before Christmas. For for Alex's graduation, I'm gonna I got him a, a recorder so he can start recording the podcast. Oh,
2: I can't imagine us trying to wrangle this with you, Brad. Well, we'll see. So we'd will probably end up in, in you know murder and and
3: incarceration. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll see, but uh, you know maybe maybe this is what we'll do to attract more viewers. You know, we'll just uh, have uh, a cliffhanger.
2: Maybe we should have a Who Shot PMR? <laughs> well,
0: like that would be hard to figure it out. <laughs> who, who Shot PMR? Like out of the two of y'all. Yeah, if I hadn't done it yet. Who do you think it would be?
2: Well, that would be the big twist. <laughs> yeah. That if it, Brad, it it, it, Brad finally blew up.
0: Yeah. Brad finally got sick of all my lame ideas.
2: 50 years yeah, should, later. 50 years of pent uh, <laughs> up frustration. He just murdered you.
0: Yeah, I can't build another
2: goddamn <laughs> robot out of wood. That'd be the swerve because everyone would suspect me. Yeah.
1: You'd be off the hook. Yeah, yeah, Barry. Uh, I didn't do it. I got alibis. I was drinking blue milk.
2: I got the receipt. Who shot PMR?
1: Well, the the, the saddest <laughs> part about all of it is uh, when we were at Alex's uh, graduation uh, dinner and. Podman Ron was talking to my uh, oldest son about some robot that uh, was created. And <laughs> Roy said, you know, Odin's looking at me the same way that you look at me when you just don't want to say anything bad. <laughs> it just kind of gives you that look it's, like, Bye.
0: It's sad, Brian, when I can no longer pitch to Brad. i got to pitch my ideas to his son.
1: <laughs> and he gives, gives Podman Ron the same still, look out He
0: gives me the same look. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just like your old man. Yep.
1: Just tolerant. I've seen
0: that look before.
1: <laughs> tolerant to a certain <laughs> level. All right. Well, it's I, I have got to go. i got to go dream about streaming services, if you don't mind, and the future of television.
2: Future of television. Uh, I think yeah. Brad I had more left. insight he could have shared during that section, I've but not. chose not to. <laughs>
0: I know Brad's probably. I mean, uh, Brian's already probably seen Brightburn, but I'm going to see it before our next podcast next
2: week. I have not seen it. We uh, really? Yeah, we is. Camera's fortieth, so we did a lot of stuff for her this weekend. Jesus
1: Christ! She gets a tattoo, and all of a sudden, it's all about her.
2: Yeah, she got to. uh, We did Discovery Cove. She got to meet a dolphin and (laughs) swim with a dolphin. (laughs) Meet a dolphin.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) she. Get a tattoo and and a humping by a dolphin. That's great. That's not bad. It Birds was a for dolphin. Yeah. Well, dolphins can hump down there.
1: Yeah, they they need it. All right, so we'll we'll look for Brightburn, and I'll probably uh, I'll have a. I know you guys don't care, but I'll have a Godzilla uh, review. I will. Oh, I'll be watching Godzilla
2: as well. That's my plan that's is to the, see both of those.
0: So far, they said it was a convoluted mess. So. The review I read, so... Well, um, I look forward to it. You'll have to share that with us. We'll, we'll share it with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will share with you. <laughs> God damn it. Take them, oh, Brad. I, I said that. We're <laughs> oh,
2: on, <real? laughs> Brad, we're on an hour and 26 minutes. I know. Uh, however, you could probably post that this is only like a hundred and t- or an hour and 10-minute podcast. Yeah.
0: Because the last... 16 minutes
2: are like bonus content
1: for (laughs) for our Patreon. You really didn't need
2: to watch it to listen to it.
1: (laughs) It's for our Patreon account.
2: Yeah, there you go. We
1: need one. All right. All right. Well, but until next time. Save it for the podcast.